everyone, welcome back to Slasher Cast, the an extension to my YouTube channel slash media where I talk horror and nothing but horror, and this is the podcast where I talk horror and nothing but horror. But uh, I obviously am joined by my very good co-host Tyler yet again, um, and we are continuing our discussion talk of the Friday 13th films. Uh, leading up, actually, we I it was my idea, but yeah, we've both agreed on it. We are going to lead up to talking to to talking about the unproduced script for the Freddy vs Jason movie. Uh, yes, we have the script now. Yeah, we have the script. It's on a Word document that we both have. Uh, what I am going to do is is go through each character and basically give uh, me and Tyler characters a read for. Some of them will be female. Um, just fair warning. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're probably going to be doing really bad. I want to do voices, but we're probably going to do really bad female impressions. Um, oh, I've got the perfect female impression. Oh, done. <laughs> You're probably got. Oh god, <laughs> I'm very. When you said that, my body just shivered. <laughs> um, right. So oh, other than no. that, it's Jason. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> You, oh, no. you sound like a fucking witch. Ow! Oh my god! Right, let's just move on before I go nuts. Uh, but yeah, today we are continuing our discussion talk about the Friday Thirteen films, and today we are doing part three. Um, this movie was um, the first film where we saw Jason in his iconic hockey mask. Um, which was actually just something that someone on the set happened to have because he, he wanted him to wear a mask. Um, and there's a character in this who now is actually a copyright lawyer. <laughs> so, other than that, yeah, um, I, I guess we will start and I will start off with our first paragraph. Because this, the, these paragraphs are very lengthy. Each one is very, very lengthy. Right, so phone in hand and let's go. The film takes place the day after the events of Friday 13th Part 2, in which the horribly deformed masked murderer named Jason Voorhees survives, having a machete slammed into his shoulder by the sole survivor of his brutal killing spree, Ginny Field and Paul Holt, who worked at a nearby summer camp. Jason comes upon a small country store owned by a middle-aged couple Edna, played by Cherry Morgans, and Harold Hockett, by, played by Steve Suskind. Uh, the murderers, uh, the the murderers, that he murders them both. I can't speak. He murders them both, stabbing Harold in the chest with a meat cleaver, and then stabbing Edna in the back of the neck with one of her own knitting needles. Oof. Jeez, okay then. He wanted to knit her. He wanted to knit her. Jeez. Steals, he steals some uh, clothes and makes his way to lake to a lakefront property called Higgins Haven, where he would take further bloody revenge on the new group. So, two kills off the bat. Um, by the way, we don't actually see Jason uh, at all. Um, 
I believe that this film is in first person. Because the main concept of the film is 3D. So every kill yeah, will this see will be as much as 3D as possible. Yeah, guys, this one was the 3D one. I think, was it? This wasn't the 3D one. It was the, it, it was the 3D one. That's why it was... I swear, three, fi- wasn't, half, final, wasn't Final Chapter the 3D one? Uh, no, this was the 3D version. I thought, I thought Final Chapter. It was like a, two decades later, like twenty years later. I think they decided to change it to two D. <laughs> like they featured the two well, D version. Guys, back film. then, three D wasn't what it was now. It was red and fucking blue uh, thing glasses you had to wear, and it really oh, gave don't you a, get me started. It gave you a headache. <laughs> don't, I won't, but still, don't those... get me started on Spy Kids three D. I've got that, that by the way. Right I've there. got that by the way. <laughs> I don't watch it in 3D though. <laughs> He's the guy. The guy. Yeah, the guy. I don't watch it in 3D because I hate the blue and red 3D. It's shit. <laughs> it makes me want yeah. to puke. <laughs> I'm glad that the modern 3D just has just black rim, black hair. Yeah, lens, yeah it's like now. you're wearing sunglasses, but it turns everything 3D. Right, if you want to uh, go ahead and read the second paragraph. Um, hang on a minute, right. there's a picture in between. Oh. There is a picture in between, so... Um, yeah, read that one up to the final one, and then I'll read the next one. If there's a picture in between, it's probably a new paragraph. Right, go ahead, go on. <laughs> yeah, then you're going to see like, the picture up there or something. Like, there, yeah, there. This is the uh, one that's got no, important. <laughs> right, go on, read. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> Meanwhile, we are introduced to a fresh new group of teenagers on the way to Higgins Haven, consisting of Chris Higgins, who is played by Dana Kimmel, which is the heroine of this film, who was attacked by a mysterious deformed man in the woods near Higgins Haven two years prior, and is returning to Higgins Haven in a desperate attempt to surpass her memories from the attack. Along with Chris and some of her friends, including the pregnant woman named Debbie, who was played by Tracy Savage, and her boyfriend Andy, was played by Jeffrey Rogers, as well as Shelley Finkelstein, who is Shelley played is by a- La- Yeah, Shelley is actually the one who became. Um, I think it is. Shelley, yeah, Shelley Frankenstein, Larry Z- Zinner, is the guy who became a copyright lawyer. That's him. Yeah, but which is quite a big step going from an actor to a lot to a yeah. lawyer. I think he, I think he did act after the film, but he wasn't in much role. So I think he went on to do uh, uh, copyright law. But yeah, continue. so I give him props for that. Yeah, I give him props for that. But yeah, continue. Okay, uh, the prankster of the group, uh, Shelley Finkelstein, and a stoner couple named Chuck, who was played by David Kattims, and Chill Chilly, who was played by Rachel Howard. Also along the way was a blind date that the group has set up for Shelley with a spunky and vivacious Ferrer Sanchez, who is played by Catherine Parks. <laughs> I've just got to say this. Shelley and that girl are fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's like a comedy duo. <laughs> because, I'm just saying this. He always he tries to impress, impress her all the way through. And it's just funny. How they just do... I like that scene as well. Do you know that scene where they're all meeting and uh, when Shelley fi- finally meets the 
person to be his date. She looks at him like, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she looks at him like, no. <laughs> no, please, thank you. <laughs> uh, second way, they're on about the cars on the cars smoking, and when they go inside, it's the stoner couple. <laughs> I love that like, scene. It would have been it better if like there was a hot guy like walking towards her, and then he walk, and then he walks off to the side. Then, then there's the real date, and it's like, oh, that Ugh. would that would have been that would have actually just made it even worse. <laughs> that would have made that like, just much more awkward than it already was. Because yeah, I, haven't I don't. Had any bad it's also a thing as well. It's, yeah, it's also a thing that. She um, later on feels bad with, for, you know, getting on him and stuff. But I feel like that she kind of grows in that aspect. That before she's brutal, like Shelley is before she's brutally gone. You know, it happens. Right. Uh, I'm gonna yeah, continue. gives him some character development. Yeah, and shows just some that tad, just that tad bit of uh, character development, and then yeah, stuff happens. A group of teenagers come upon a strange man named Abel. A- Adele? Abel? Abel, I think. Abel. Uh, laying in the middle of the road, who speaks incorrectly and warns the teenagers about the area and tells them of a hidden stash of body parts, showing them a severed human eyeball. Appalled, the teenagers pile back into their van and speed off, leaving the man urging them to turn back and leave in the dust. Ignoring the man's warnings, they arrive at Higgins Haven and find it uh, and find it a serene lakefront resident with a parking uh, parkling uh, lake and a large two story cabin and a barn. While the rest of the group go skinny dipping, Chris heads inside the cabin to check it out, only to find her boyfriend named Rick, Paul Kra- played by Paul Crat. Kratka. How do you say names? How do you say that? Uh, Paul, Paul Kratka. Paul Kratka. I don't know. I can't say names. Inside who uh, has um, inside who has already a lot arrived. All of the teenagers are obviously um, to Jason, who is hiding out in the barn. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. I, um, now yeah. I I do like Higgins Haven as the setting though. Yeah, Higgins Haven's mainly because the band's used quite a lot. It's a really nice place. It is the band is used a lot in this film. Also, I like um, uh, as you said later, uh, we do find out. Are you okay? <laughs> we do find hey, out. I'm, I'm getting the corona. <laughs> don't you dare say that. <laughs> uh, we um, there is. Good thing I'm at no, home, I'm isn't it? I'm... <laughs> I'm fine, don't worry. I'm not coughing on you. I'm coughing on myself. So right, it's completely so fine. So, we are... Um, so, basically, obviously, earlier, it does mention that this the girl, um, uh, when she was younger, got it, got in an act... Got in kind of... Not an accident, but kind of got almost attacked by Jason. This guy was Jason. Uh, deformed and stuff. But I don't know where that is set. When she was when she was younger, where is that set? Is that because this film is the day after the original? So, so it would have been so it's two years before part two. It would yeah, it'll possibly have to have been before part two, and before he got the sackhead look. So timeline wise, still had the sackhead look. 
timeline wise it doesn't make a bit sense but it adds a bit more development that she knows who Jason is that she knows that there's this deformed man who um, attacked her when she was um, years ago Uh, but her boyfriend basically they haven't broke up or anything it's that she wants space from him uh, because of oh jeez Rick (laughs) shut up Uh, she wants space from him because um, of what she went through and she's scared and stuff so yeah if you want to uh, read the next one (laughs) I turn myself into a pickle warty that's not not a pickle I turned myself into a boyfriend, Morty. Fucking hell, alright. Jeez. I'm, oh, jeez, Rick! Oh, jeez, Rick! I can't do more. Oh, jeez, Rick. I can't. This is turning into a Rick and Morty podcast. <laughs> Fucking read the paragraph. This is a horror podcast, not a fucking... Jesus Christ. Got it, you. But actually, on on topic of, uh, to the previous oh, paragraph, uh, when they meet, when they meet uh, Abel, yeah. uh, Abel's actually mentioned in the uh, like religious text. Yeah, and and Abel, the character in the film, is actually a religious sealer. Yeah, yeah. And, and originally, in the early scripts, it was going to appear a second time after that. Mm. Uh, when they were heading back to, when Chris and Rick, pickle Rick, was Shut heading up. back to <laughs> Right. <laughs> Just read the fucking paragraph. Jesus Christ. Okay, uh, later, Shelly pulls a practical job. <laughs> I know you can't see me Shelley right now, pra- but I am looking you with disappointment. <laughs> you're, you're like, we're, we're <laughs> balling, like a, your fist is in like a ball right now. Just, Jesus, just fucking read the paragraph, man. Jeez. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Later, Shelley pulls a practical joke that crosses the line, where he pretends he was killed with a meat cleaver shoved onto his head, infuriating Chris and the rest of the group. Fairy decides to go to the store in Rick's car. 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 What? And what? <laughs> I was. I was going to say Rick in, like, an accent, but then I said car in accent instead. <laughs> you said car as it like an American does. Car. Car. Oh. Yeah, I was going to say Rick. 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 I'm thinking of walking then now. <laughs> Shut up, no. do it. Fuck, jeez. I very decided to go to, to go, the, go the store. No, go to Gotta the, go the, the distance. In Rick's car. <laughs> and Shelley pleads for her to allow him to tag along, and very reluctantly agrees. At the store, Verrett and Shelley run into a troublesome biker gang consisting of leader named Ali, who is played by Nick Savage, psychic named Loco, Kevin O'Brien, and biker chick named Fox, Gloria Charles. After a brief scuffle inside the store, as Shelley and Verrett were about to leave, Ali exits the store and vandalizes Rick's car, <laughs> punching in the windows. Exacting revenge, Shelley runs over the biker's motorcycles for their harassment and speeds away as he and Vera cheer in victory. Right. <laughs> I'll just say this, these biker guys. Um, I've always thought that these biker guys were just put in the film for a high body count. I've always said that. Like, the film wanted human 
uh, like non-Jason protagonists and I mean uh, non-Jason antagonists and didn't really need yeah, them. I guess the Spikeberg trio does sort of fill the role but in a horror movie you only need one iconic killer. Yeah and these guys are not even killers they just try and fucking mess with the group and they're all in all they're dickheads but they do die. <laughs> All of them fucking die. Yeah, the only exception where there's more than one antagonist is like the screen films. Yeah. Where Matthew Willard, the, the legend, uh, the the master Shaggy, is in it. Yeah, right, uh, I'm gonna... <laughs> oh, the, the, duo, the duo arrives back at the cabin and Rick is shocked, upset and angry to see his car beaten up. Chris and Rick decide to go for a drive to allow Rick to cool down. Meanwhile, the biker gang arrives at the property, plotting to siphon gas from the teenagers' van. But un unbeckno what? But unbeknownst, I can't see words. Unannounced to them. To them, Jason has other plans in mind. He quickly dispatches Fox when she explores the uh, barn. Um, off screen, Jason has pinned her corpse against one of the barn uh, rafters with a sharp pitchfork driven through her throat. By the way, guys, this is one of the films where most of the fucking kills are off screen. Most of the fucking. Oh, pretty, much, pretty much all the kills in this film are, are off screen. Like, you see the Isn't aftermath. Isn't like a choking kill? Yeah, but most of the ones that would have like been gruesome to show are off-screen and not shown. Instead, you see the aftermath. Um, yeah, they need to get a rated R rating over unrated. Sharp, uh, so they can get into through her throat. And Loco is next to be killed by Jason when he goes into the barn to look for her. Jason... Uh, Perforates? Perforates. Perforates is midsection with another sharp pitchfork, the same way he did to Fox. Ali goes into the barn after his gang uh, to discover their corpses, and Jason appears. All uh, attempts to fight him, but is easily overtaken and presumably killed as the maniac uh, bludgeons him with a large metal wrench. See? Well, in that's this... the end of the trio. See, see, they were in this just to fucking die. <laughs> Introducing the pre soldiers horror films. It was, um, it again. was basically just to have another kill without it being our main, uh, our main victims. That's how it was. I will say, it does show Jason's prowess as a killer. Yeah, it does. Like, is is not even, uh, is not even, not even biker people can fucking kill him. I like one of the scenes yeah, in this well, film as well, well which we'll get massive. to later, because there's a scene in this film that always makes me laugh, and we'll get to that later, but it is kind of hilarious. I don't know if oh, I'll I, say it. I think I know which one you're going to. I think I know which one you're on about. It's probably not what you I'll, I'll save it. It's probably not I'll save it to see if it is. I'll type it. I'll type it. Uh, you want to continue reading while I type what it is? All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably see it on my fucking thing here. Uh, Night falls and Jason springs into action. Shelley desperately wants Vera to like him and resorts to pulling another elaborate joke on her, donning a wetsuit, hockey mask, and spear gun. The 
and it's the same hockey mask that Jason wears throughout the entire film. As Vera sits on the edge of the dock, Shelley grabs her foot from underneath the water, scaring her effectively. Vera then tells Shelley off, and hurt, Shelley assaults away into the barn, where Jason, off-screen again, uh, attacks him and steals his hockey mask and spear gun. Vera realizes she still has Shelley's wallet and accidentally drops it into. Oh, accidentally drops it into lake. Accidentally, no, not, ac- not accidentally. You'll probably. You know, I mean, she should have took the money out first, then dropped it. <laughs> I mean, that's what I would have done. I would, oh, sweet twenty dollars that can get me a uh, ring in Costco. Jeez, stay away out of my fucking wallet. God. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. she then she then enters the lake to retrieve it. Now donning Shelley's mask and spear gun, Jason approaches Vera, who thought it was just another another of Shelley's unfunny, scary pranks, and fires a spear into her eye, killing her as well. Right, I've got two things to say. Uh, I sent you the message. Uh, that's not one of the things, but yeah. Uh, right. The thing is, one, how the fuck does she think that was Shelly when Shelly's a little short dude and Jason's a big bulking monster? Two, uh, this is actually <laughs> the first time Jason ever shoots any. It's the first and the only time in any of the series, in any of the movies, where we see Jason shoot somebody to kill them. Technically, a gun is it? I know it says spear gun, but it's not. Technically it's technically a gun, but it's the only time we actually see him shoot someone. Technically, it's still shooting them, like fire something. Yeah, so it's the first time we ever see him doing. Is that the scene? Imagine what? is that the scene? What you're on about? Is that the scene I'm you're on about? Uh, that sent you. Uh, yeah, with the with the uh, eyeball. Yeah. Imagine Jason in the D. No, the thing I sent you. The message I sent you. Uh. Oh, yeah, because scene? it comes through. Uh, is that the scene? Uh, is it here? Uh, oh, oh, it's on Discord. Oh, my yeah, God, Discord. I was looking on Messenger, not on Discord. Uh, no, that one. It was, a- yeah. it was actually, I was thinking of the eye kill. Oh, right. just, just oh just yeah, that is another one. The eye kill is hilarious. <laughs> the, 3D, yeah, the, the 3D eye kill. It shows the 3D effects to extreme. Right, I'm going to continue. Uh, but okay. the one I sent is the funniest one for me. Debbie and Andy go upstairs and ha- I like how the sentence is this. Debbie and Andy go upstairs to have sex. <laughs> alright, no context. <laughs> not not telling us how they decided to do it, but alright, just do it. Debbie and Andy go upstairs. No foreplay right? at all. Debbie and Andy go upstairs to have sex and Jason enters the cabin now using Shelly's hockey mask. To cover the his third wheel. <laughs> to cover his hideously deformed face. Afterwards, Debbie takes a shower and fetches a beer while performing a handstand. Okay, then what? You know, you want to know something funny about that handstand? Uh, oh. be- you want to know something funny about that handstand beer thing? I found out that the actor could do it, so that's why they put it in the film, just because he could do it. Yeah, but it makes you re it makes you really uh But the kill really the, the kill's funny though. Uh walking on hands and feet, sticking straight up in the air. But before he can even reach the stairs, he encounters Jason who vertically swings a machete into Andy's crotch. 
if you're a man, if you're a man, you know what that's like. Not, no, you don't, but you know what I mean. Andy's crotch and slices him in half. Debbie gets out and rests in the uh, hammock to read a magazine, only for blood to drip down onto the magazine. Looking up, she discovers Andy's mutilated corpse hanging from the rafters, and before she can even scream, Jason drives a kitchen knife through her chest uh, from underneath the hammock, killing her. Oh, so it's like mother like son. Jason's hiding underneath the bed sort of thing and kills them through it. Yeah, it was poetic. <laughs> she did it in the first film, now Jason gets to do it. They both love a good poking. Yeah. Now, I do like the ho- hockey mask in the film. Yeah. Like, personally, part, part three and four makes use of the hockey mask the most. It's, it's funny because uh, the hockey mask was an, an inc- it was like an accident, really. They, it's someone on set happened to have a hockey mask, and they needed a mask for Jason. So the guy will let them use his hockey mask, and years later, we're still talking about the iconic look. And that guy is probably kicking himself in, in the shin right now, thinking I could have made a profit off this. <laughs> right, uh, continue, Reed. You've got a really long one here. Okay. Meanwhile, unaware of the carriage, Chris and Pickle Rick stop the car and get out to talk. Say, can you <laughs> where, not? <laughs> where, where Chris, where Chris finally tells Pickle Rick of her uh, incident two years prior, when she had a very bad argument with her parents and ran away from home in order to teach them a lesson. Mm. Uh, then teach a them a lesson by running away. <laughs> it's in quotation marks. Teach them a lesson. I don't like my parents. I'm running away. Mm. <laughs> That's every kid ever to punish your parents and say, hey, mum, dad, guess what? I'm running away. <laughs> <laughs> you can't stop me. Still a bit. <laughs> Bam. Bye. And then they come back. I'm um, hungry. Can I have a sandwich, please? And they're just there. We're all police officers. And police are just looking like, your parents were worried. And I want a sandwich. I needed my PB and J fix, man. <laughs> I was missing my bed. <laughs> <laughs> you do that five times in a row, police are never yeah. turning up again. <laughs> the police are useless and horrible. No, the police. The police just get the phone call from parents. Zach is missing. Uh, she'll be back in like you know five hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she needs a sandwich. It's very important. <laughs> I just continue before this goes on. Fuck's sake. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, after she runs away from home in order to teach them a lesson, a strange hideously in the woods with a knife, she managed to escape him alive. Pickle Rick tell, tries to start the car again, but the engine fails, and they, they are forced to walk back. Back in the cabin, Chuck and Chili are in a romance. Complete with lots of marijuana smoking. Oh, here comes the, the fucking stoners. <sighs> no, just Chuck don't. hits the base. <laughs> I wasn't doing the anime. I know, but don't. <laughs> just don't. Don't blow oh, it. 420, man. Bullshit. Uh, you had to, didn't you? Just read. Chuck hit. Chuck hits the basement to check the fuse box, and Jason is wait- there waiting for him. 
Jason pushes Chuck towards the fuse box, killing him by electrocution, but also restoring power to the cabin. Chile then finds Shelley agonizing with his throat slightly slashed. At first, she believes it to be another prank, but soon finds it to be all too real and flees in horror, only to encounter Jason, who kills her by impaling her by the stomach with an incandescent fireplace poker. The fire poker kill. Fuck's sake. I actually like the uh, fuse box Uh, kill, to be honest. The fuse box kill is like... I know it's stupid about how it would... I think it would more break the power than actually fix it. Yeah, uh, it does in the game. It breaks it in the game. It's a, a kill. Yeah, which it's a, it's a, a kill. It's a killing one in the one of the solo things. I've got a fucking long. Yeah, one so it breaks on. continuity there. Let's continue because I've got an, I've got a really old fucking long one. Um, <laughs> Chris and Rick arrive. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Chris and Rick arrive at the cabin and go inside, finding the cabin quiet and empty with their food burning and smoking on the stove, which is odd for a house populated by happy, festive teenagers. Yeah, fucking dead ones. Puzzled Rick. Puzzled Rick. I was expecting Pickle Rick then. (laughs) We were actually waiting because it's that weird Pete. No, no. Like, you, you... I said puzzled, and then I was expecting for you to say pickle instead. Um, teenager <laughs> puzzled Rick I looks around, right piss off. Rick looks around uh, outside where, while Chris goes upstairs and finds a bathtub filled with blood and Chili's blood-stained clothing. The terror... Did fucking Jason, like, do necrophilia or something? Uh, who died naked? Wait, who died was... naked? <laughs> no one died uh, naked. I don't think she died naked. The fuck? So Jason decided to unclove a dead body. All right then. Jeez. No, no. I, I my, my way is he was badly injured. Jason did things to her, then killed her. Then she's there. Right, I'm just gonna continue before we. Go any further. The terror still hasn't. It's uh, a horror trope. I mean, the terror still hasn't hit Chris yet, and she runs downstairs to look for Rick, unaware that Jason. Pickle is Rick. Ki- Fuck off, Rick. <laughs> unaware that Jason is killing him, the maniac kills Rick by crushing. His- Fuck off! Kills Rick by crushing <laughs> his head with his bare hands until one of Rick's eyeballs bursts out of his socket. <laughs> I didn't do it this that's, time. I didn't do it. That's the 3D kill, guys. That's the 3D kill. It gets... It's, it's, Jason literally just squeezes a, a head and his eyeball just pops out. But Chris goes it out... reminds me of the great Carly. Uh, Chris uh, goes outside to look for a boyfriend and finds Loco's mutilated corpse hanging from a tree. Horrified, Chris runs back inside and tries to barricade the door and look lock the windows. All of a sudden Rick's corpse Pickle. is heaved <sighs> <laughs> through the window and Jason gains entry to the cabin running from Jason. Chris goes upstairs, drops an, an enter bookshelf on the killer to stall him and hides inside a, li- a linen closet where she finds Debbie's corpse. Jason begins to hack his way into the closet, but Chris uses the kitchen knife 
from Debbie's um, corpse to wound Jason's left hand and right knee. Jason throws hit, uh, throws the kitchen knife back at Chris, nearly hit it in her, who then manages to smash a second story window with a chair to escape Jason. Jason grabs her uh, grabs through the window, ripping her jacket off as Jason goes outside in search for her. Chris hits the back of his head with a wood block and flees in her van. Halfway in the dirt road, Chris sees Jason and tries to run over the maniac, but he jumps sideways to evade the incoming van. Arriving at the bridge, the vehicle stalls due to the biker's uh, what? Siphoning? What? Hang on, uh, siphoning. Siphoning the gas earlier in the movie. Chris activates the reserve uh, fuel tank and starts it up. The engine again, but the wood of the bridge starts breaking down. Sinking the van, Jason Jason grabs her neck through the van uh, window, but she finds him, she friends him off by, uh, in brackets, by closing the window glass and trapping his arm, forcing him to shatter the window with a headbutt. Uh, escapes, she escapes and runs into the woods. She reaches the barn where she runs inside, and the cat and mouse game continues as Chris hides in the rafters. Jason barricades the door to make sure she won't escape, then starts to search for the fruitlessly, uh, fruitlessly everywhere inside, unknowing that she's hanging herself in the thin rafters above. When Jason looks upward and sees Chris, uh, the girl drops down on him, knocking him down for a moment. Jason grabs his machete and nearly hits Chris. He runs up upwards to the loft, and Jason in pursuit, and manages to knock the killer unconscious with a shovel. She then wraps a, no- a noose around his neck and hangs him from the band's uh, hayloft. Oh, jeez, jeez, all right. Final girl doing the final girl things. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'm getting a lot of pro wrestler vibes from Jason now. Yeah, uh, most of the people, like, like, everybody, everybody who's a Jason actor is a stuntman. Yeah, mainly because I see words like rafters and yeah. uh Sternum and all other stuff, and Jason headbutting and him killing someone with a vice grip. Yeah, I see what you mean. Let's move on to play Jason in the wrestling games. Right, uh, go ahead and read your next paragraph. Okay. So, believing that Jason is finally there, Chris tries to leave the barn, breaking the barricade Jason had made, and opens the barn door to reveal the killer hanging motionlessly, but is not dead yet. To her horror, Jason shows himself to still be alive and slides up his mask to make room for him to escape the noose, showing his deformed face in the process. That's the funny scene Chris I'm about. Chris is terrified to recognise... You're going to stick it like up there, he's a deformed face. It's not just that, it's the fact that when he takes the mask off and shows his face, it's like there's, there's no context to why he did it. It's like... Uh, it was because the mask was in the way of the noose. Yeah, but I'm just like, it's more that it, yeah, they use it for that advantage as well, but they also use it to just show his face. 
I know, but he didn't really have a choice. He probably didn't want to show his face. Yeah, I'm just saying, you can tell the director wanted to show his face, so he took the noose idea to do that. But I always find that scene funny. Yeah, which is a clever way of doing it. Just the way that Jason looks at her, like, takes it off, takes noose off, puts it back on, and she's just there like, all right, fucking hell. <laughs> like, yeah, she doesn't decide to run away after all that yeah, time. Yeah, I know. Go okay. on. Okay. Uh, Chris is terrified to recognize Jason as the horrible madman who attacked her two years before. Jason advances towards Chris and raises his machete to kill her at last. Before he can finish her off, Ali, badly injured but still alive, suddenly appears and struggles with Jason. Predictably, the maniac overpowers him again, chopping off his right arm and hacking him to death multiple times with his machete. While Jason is busy with Ali, Chris picks up a nearby lumberjack axe and sneaks up behind the ruthless killer. Just as Jason begins to turn his attention back towards Chris, she buries the axe into his forehead. Even with this wound, he still lopes forward trying to grab Chris, but suddenly it collapses, supposedly dead. She even slightly tilts his head to make sure he is down for real. Chris stumbles down to the lakeshore and rows away in, in a canoe. And the next morning comes where Chris takes some small scares due to ducks and other ambient sounds near her. The girl is horrified to see an unmasked and bloody Jason glare at her through the cabin windows and then barge out of the door, running towards her. After frantically try, trying to escape and screaming, Chris looks up to see that the cabin door is intact and Jason is nowhere to be seen. It was just an hallucination. But a relief soon ends when the rotted corpse of Pamela Voorhees leaps out of the lake, dragging Chris underneath the surface of the water. Chris later wakes up realising that it was all a nightmare. Or was it? Uh, but yeah, it ends the same way the fucking <laughs> first one does. Instead, it's Pamela coming out of the water. <laughs> We've gone full circle, people. Yeah. Full circle. Right. Uh, the last scene shows a policeman escorting a traumatized Chris out of the cabin and into a police car as she screams and laughs hysterically. Uh, and the audience wonders if the events cost Chris her sanity. Meanwhile, the camera cuts to Jason's motionless body lying among the loft ground, the axe still plunged into his head. The camera makes one final cut to the sinister waters of Crystal Lake. But yeah, this film is... I enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed this film. It's it's a classic. It's part three. Part two um, is good and all, but it's not really that good in the sense. If the film series started off with part three, then it would still make complete sense. Yeah, yeah, it would. It would mainly because no, no, they have no. the flashbacks from like part two. Yeah, no one would be angry at all. I don't think anyone would be angry. I don't no, th- most people would say part three is their first experience with Jason. Yeah, say. part four is final chapter, I believe. Is it? No. Yes. Yeah, and then after that, it's uh, yeah. Then, <laughs> then it's new beginning uh, with the non-Jason. Which I can't wait to talk about because that's gonna be fucking hilarious. Um, but yeah, uh, guys, uh, let us know down in the comments. Um, if you're listening, if you're watching this on YouTube, let us know down in the comments. Do you like this film? Do you hate this film? Or whatever. 
Don't forget, uh, I do have a second channel, Slash Media EX, which um, I am, as of June, every Monday, I am uh, doing mental health uh, videos on that channel every Monday, as of June. Every Monday in June, there will be a mental health for the video, uh, talking, discussing mental health. It's going to be mental health month, at least for my YouTube channel on there. Uh, in June, as it's my birthday, and I want to do a thing where, as every year I'm getting older, how's my mental health uh, doing, and what advice I've got for people with mental health issues. Uh, but other than that, um, yeah, uh, I've got other videos coming out this week uh, on this channel. This channel is obviously this video that came out on today on Tuesday. Uh, as but. Fake, fake guys. Really, we record this days before the fucking uh, date comes out, but you know. Um, but yeah, days as, before the upload. Yeah, as of this video is out, it's out on Tuesday. So the next video coming out is my Aliens review, the second film in the Alien franchise. On my Ooh. second channel on Monday, it would have been my second episode of my Star Wars Battlefront campaign video, and then on Saturday it is my third part of the campaign uh, gameplay. So, other than that, guys, hope you enjoyed uh, today's episode. Me and Tyler are really fucking enjoying these videos. Um, when it comes to reading the script for the film, uh, we will be cutting it down into chunks. Uh, probably like three or four episodes of us going through the script. Uh, depending on how Please, long. just basically a full movie worth of scripts. Yeah, it's a full movie worth of scripts, so we don't want to condense it. We want to condense it into one video, and what we'll basically do is... Um, what I can possibly do is make more than one Word file and put each one on uh, what we're going to do that day on a Word file and be like, right, we're going to read this on this episode, read that on that episode, and then I can decide that way with how many things we're going to cover. I will have characters. Um, the way we'll do that, I will send characters to Tyler that he's voicing and characters to me that I'm voicing. And then we'll do that. We'll do voices for them and stuff and just make it a bit funnier. Slashing Cast is already done. Uh, there's on this. Uh, Dead Meat has joined. Um, I can't remember what the channel's called now. Uh, they've joined another YouTube channel in reading the script. So I think that we should do it. Also, we will cover the Scream uh, after we've done Nine Elm Street, we, that's when we do the script. So we'll be doing Friday the 13th, then Nine Elm Street, then Freddy vs. Jason, then the unproduced script for Freddy vs. Jason. Then uh, we'll cover the Scream movies and then the unproduced script for Scream 2. So that's what will happen. I'm so much fun talking about Scream 1. Yeah, the Scream... I'm so much fun. The Scream unproduced script. By the way, the Scream script was... It got leaked, and I think that's why it didn't uh, come out. That's why it was remade. And by the way, I have actually read a bit of the script, and the ending sucks. Um, but other than <laughs> it's that, a guy, good thing they change it. Yeah, it's a good thing they change it because the end is fucking terrible. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, other than that, guys, hope you have enjoyed today's episode of SlasherCast. Tyler, it has been amazing to have you join my podcast. Thanks to Alex, and I couldn't have asked for a better, funnier uh, co-host. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm, tr I'm sort of like 
feel like I'm tripping acid because I'm trying to do this thing with my thumbs and look, it's... <laughs> I don't know what's going that's on. What, that's what you get for trying to fake smoke weed. Um, right, guys, I'm gonna see you in the next. I'm gonna see you in the next one, guys. Don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. Share with your friends what you think. Also, go to the links down below. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram, and all that good stuff. Also, support me on Patreon if you'd like, so I can continue making this content and get the gear and stuff I need to create this amazing content for you guys. Other than that. You stop. Other than that, guys, hope you um, enjoyed, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye for now. Remember, keep watching horror, and keep on slashing. And bye for now.